0: What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Remember that you can check out adzsports.com slash Dallas for daily analysis, news, and opinion, and daily articles up there on the website. And as always, remember that primetime Time is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. And we will also get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week because uh, a, a little bit of insight regarding Tyron Smith's impending return to the Cowboys and what it could mean to the offense. There is one specific stat that I believe is very revealing. But before we get into all of that, Let's talk about CeeDee Lamp a little bit here. A huge story of this season was all about how the Cowboys could get CeeDee Lamp involved a little bit more, but also about whether or not he was going to be up for the task. And it's had some ugly moments. You know, the drop versus the Giants in week three is one of them. But mostly, it's been positive for number 88, my question from me to you guys to open up the show is truth or false, C D Lamp is officially a wide receiver one caliber player. You can call him a legit wide receiver one moving forward. Is that truth or false? At some point this season, and even I'm I'm talking about September, November, maybe October primarily in September though. We had some doubts and we had to have this conversation a little bit more in depth. I can remember talking about that game versus Dory Jackson. Did the good outweigh the bad, that uh, drop, that costly drop? And we had conversations about it. A lot of people said, you know what? Not yet. Let's pump the brakes. Let's see how that sentiment has changed over the last few weeks. And I will give you my answer to that question as well. Edward says it's true. Gregory also goes with true. Larry also going with true. Kevin Knight says false. Stacey says not yet. Mark Andrew, though, and Bruce also go with true. So the majority answer in the chat is true. There are some some people in the negative answer, and I respect that. But, hey, I'll tell you what. I think that the Cowboys are officially a getting wide receiver one re- results from CD Lamp, but also they're finally giving him the treatment that a number one wide receiver deserves. And why do I say that? A quick look at the numbers reveals why, in my opinion. And the first one will be from next-gen stats, from NFL next-gen stats. CD Lamp has 40, a 40% share of the team's total air yards this season. 40% of the Cowboys' air yards are via C.D. lamp. That rate is the fifth highest in the NFL, and the names that are ranked above him are exactly the kind of names that you would expect. I'm talking about D.J. Moore with the Carolina Panthers. I'm talking about Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, and, of course, uh, A.J. Brown, divisional rival, Sorry, Lumen. I know that that one might have hurt a little bit uh, and that was unexpected. But hey, CD Lamp, number five in the NFL in his air yards share. He's also the fifth most targeted pl- receiver in the NFL. He's also targeted at the eighth highest rate on third down targets. He has the eighth highest first down percentage rate, you know, uh, moving the chains in each of his, uh, of his catches. That's what I mean. Eight highest rate among receivers with only 50 targets at minimum. Cd Lamp is getting that treatment. And it's not only about Dak Prescott trusting the guy. It's about making him a priority on offense. How can the Cowboys go about it? Skimming him open. And that was one of my biggest complaints after the week one loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't seem to mean like there was enough of uh, enough play design to get number 88 open, or at least it didn't appear to be the case versus the Bucs in that first game. Things have changed, though, and they have changed dramatically. And we saw that in the touchdown versus the Giants. We saw that in the Green Bay Packers game, even in some plays that ended up being negative, like the plays that resulted in interceptions, for example. But the Cowboys have made it a priority to get the football in 88's hands. And it's gotten to the point in which Dak Prescott is out there saying, oh, those aggressive throws that have resulted in turnovers sometimes, uh, I'm going to keep making those. And he talks about that for every receiver. For example, he had that kind of comment following the interception as he targeted Michael Gallup last Sunday when Stefan Gilmore made the pick. But he means it, in my opinion, primarily when it comes to C.D. Lamp, because C.D. Lamp is a guy that Dak Prescott looks for downfield in those kind of scenarios in which, and we've talked about it at length this season, in which he's expecting C.D. to cross a safety space. He's trusting him, even if they have not been 100% in those kind of routes. Dak Prescott is, is not shying away from betting on CD Lamb that way. And when you see the numbers, you kind of understand why. And we'll actually get into two specific plays in a little bit here. I have a segment lined up for you with some tape that I wanna go over and really exemplify what I mean with skimming number 88 open because you can see that specifically on third down situations. Now, Spencer says, let me see some of your comments here. Spencer says, if CD gets hurt, then what? And although I agree that would be absolute chaos, I think you can say that about plenty of NFL teams out there, uh, especially those that don't have Patrick Mahomes and or Josh Allen on the team. But even if you take away Stephon Diggs from the Bills, you could see a huge blow to that offense, like a huge, huge blow, like a season altering injury that would be. You don't get plenty of number one wide receivers. You're not supposed to get them. So I understand the concern that Spencer shares with us. And I agree with it even. But I also wouldn't point at it as a, you know, complaint about how the Cowboys have done things. And I wanted a wide receiver signing before the season started. And I I mean, it's too late to talk about one now unless it's OBJ and the Cowboys decide to roll the dice, which doesn't sound like it's going to be the case here moving forward. Exactly. Gregory says, how about digs from the Bills? Mark Andrews says, CD is better than OBJ. And with this, I agree. I wouldn't use it as an argument to, to you know, hate on the OBJ targeting as a free agent, because I think that the Cowboys are not expecting OBJ to compete with CD Lamp in any capacity whatsoever. They probably want him to be just the, the third piece to, to the offense, right? Now, Edward says if Dak shares a ball, that shouldn't be a problem, says Edward. And I agree. Like, listen, 40% of the of the air yards for the team go to CD Lamp. I see that as a positive. I see that through the same lens that we saw how the Packers were able to target Devante Adams at a very high rate over the last couple of years. And we admired the way that they got the football to their best playmaker. That's what you want. You know, we overcomplicate football sometimes. And we talk about RPOs and we talk about middle field reads and we talk about coverages, these and that. At the end of the day, there is no better strategy than target your number one guy. And the Cowboys start doing it with C.D. Lamb you have a dog on offense and they're letting him go. Now, what does that wide receiver one treatment look like? We'll watch the tape here in a few moments here, but I kind of warn you the following segment that I have lined up for you is kind of, you know, complimenting offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So before I fire up the segment, I have another question for you. Do you agree or disagree? That a Kelly Moore is actually doing kind of great since Dak Prescott returned. Let me know in the chat. And while you do that, here you go. Let's look at the segment that I had lined up for you. Let's watch some tape. So part of the wide receiver one treatment that CD Lamp is getting is having plays designed for him for big spots like the third and nine situation on the first quarter, in which he ended up scoring a touchdown. When you look at the play live, at first it might seem like a fluke play with Dak Prescott throwing the underneath zone on third and long and then CD not being taken down, running into the end zone. But this was actually a pretty well-designed play. And you can see here number 13, Michael Gallup, 85, Noah Brown, will actually clear coverage and give CD Lamp all of these pays on the right side of the field to get open and run into the end zone pretty much untouched or at least move the chains, right? And you can see CD Lamp motioning from the right to the left pre-snap. That forces the Colts to tip their hand and show that they're actually playing single high coverage after showing two high safeties at first. And Dalton Schultz is going to try to clear number 26 as well, but you gotta give some love to the Colts safety. He actually does a very good job in this play as you can see here as the play develops, he reads that perfectly. And he breaks on CD Lamp, doesn't concrete the tackle though, and that's what ends up costing the Colts big. But that was actually a good play by, by number 26 other than, you know, not finishing the tackle. But let's look at this play from the old 22 angle. CD Lamp is going to motion to the left side. The other receivers are essentially running Clear outs in order to get CeeDee Lamb some space. And you can see it as soon as the play starts. Look at number 26 over here. Look at what he does once CeeDee Lamb uh, motions. Stefan Gilmore bumps out. Number 26 should have Dalton Schultz, But he reads that perfectly. Doesn't finish the tackle though. This is a very well designed play for Kellen Moore. Look at Dalton Schultz. Let's look at it once more from the, from the side angle. Look at Dalton Schultz. He wants to pick up number 26. Of course, he doesn't want to get called for the OPI, so maybe no contact there. But he's trying to get his attention. That's part of being number one in the Cowboys offense, getting a play designed for you to get in space, get the football, and being trusted to generate yards after the catch, which is exactly what CeeDee Lamb does in this situation. That's the number one example from this game. Similar example with uh, CD Lamb being put in motion before the actual play starts. Their Cowboys are running bunch for a run bunch formation to the right side. CeeDee Lamb will motion all the way over here and then run a flat route while Michael Gallup gets the rub on Stephon Gilmore up top. And that leaves him open for a first down. This is third and two. And CD Lamp goes in motion. You get the rub. Dak Prescott knows it. And CD Lamp gets more than the first down. He gets the yards after the catch because he's an absolute beast. And the Cowboys are getting him open. This is Kellen Moore scheming CD Lamp open. It might not look like the most creative of plays, but in these kind of spots, from bunch formation, getting the motion involved, it is a creative play call. It might not look like much. I know but this is the kind of stuff that you want from your number one wide receiver and from your offensive coordinator, getting him premium looks in high leverage situations. And we see that paired with the numbers that we talked about earlier on the show. And you can see what I mean here. I personally love that stuff, man. I I personally love it. I know it doesn't seem like Kellen Moore is reinventing the wheel. And that's right. He, He really isn't. But it's, dull, it's the little stuff. And to be able to change it up consistently week in and week out and still get CD Lamb open, that's what you want from your offensive coordinator. That's what you want from your offensive architect. And now, I, I want to preface this by saying that by no means am I putting Kellen Moore in the same tier or in the same conversation even as Andy Reid, right? I'm not doing that. Don't worry. Don't cancel me. I'm not doing that. However, uh, I would use that as the extreme example of how you watch a Chiefs game and the defense know they've got to take care of, of Travis Kelsey. And yet, game after game, he's open. That's what you want from your number one, in this case, tight end, right? And my, my point here is, you know, the Cowboys are getting CD Lamp open every single week. AJ Jones says, stop, LOL. Man, that's why I prefaced it. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't cancel me because of the Andrew Reid Kellen Moore comment. Uh, let's see. Miserable Toxic says, Mo basically saying that Kellen Moore deserves a gold jacket, LOL. Not at all. Not at all. But how can we sit in the offseason and say, oh, Kellen needs to get CeeDee Lamb more involved. And he needs to be one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. And then suddenly he is. And yet we're not giving him credit. I don't know. And then hey, let's look at the next slide here. Let's ne- let's look at the next graph that I'm about to show you. Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, before we move into this into the next topic though, let me read some of your uh comments here. Let's see here. Uh another great play says Glenn, shout out to Juan Gonzalez who says, "Where are you from? Uh, Monterrey or uh, DF?" I am from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, orgullosamente, Chile Chilaca 880. Shout out to Juan Gonzalez though for his question. Uh, You can use CD as a spy now, says Lumen. Uh, Well, I'm going to say yes if it wasn't for Rush and Dak isn't playing well regarding the original question, because the question was do you agree or disagree that Kellen Moore is doing great since Prescott's return? Bruce agreed, Lumen agreed, Chris agreed, Mr. Will Toxic didn't even bother. To answer, because he disagrees as we know and by the way do me a favor and hit the like button ladies and gentlemen hit the thumbs up to support the show listen and i'm not saying just to be clear here i'm not saying that kellen moore as uh as samuel says is the best offensive coordinator ever or i'm not ignoring what happened in the playoffs last year but kellen moore is not the same coach that he was back then. I'm talking about the progress that we've seen, that it's on tape, and that it's also in the numbers. Because here is here is the next graph that I've been talking about. And it's a graph that even brings up a, an important question for me. That is, the Cowboys are a top blank that you need to fill contender in the NFL. This is the graph that I'm talking about. This is team tiers in the NFL, according to EPA per play, since week seven. And I use that because that's when, of course, uh, Dak Prescott returned to the Cowboys to play the Detroit Lions in that week specifically. The farther to the right that you are in this graph means that you were better on offense. And the higher that you are in this graph means that you were better on defense. So if you are in the upper right corner all by, your, by yourself is probably a good thing. And that is where the Cowboys are at right now. Now, granted, EPA per play does not adjust for opponent. I think that's important to point out since the Cowboys have played uh, Indianapolis, the Giants. Uh, I mean, Minnesota and Green Bay, you know, those are good teams. Chicago and Detroit since then. Not a lot of winning teams in that sense but still i think that's meaningful to be up there does it mean that you are the super bowl favorite all of the sudden no but it means that you're doing well and as i've always said as i've always said we need to fight we need to fight the biases both ways we can't get too high on the cowboys but we our reason to, to not buy into what the Cowboys are this year cannot be what happened last January. It wouldn't be objective, in my opinion. So let's see. What are the Cowboys this year? A top what contender? 32. This <laughs> miserable, toxic. There you go. Bruce says, cannot be worse than top four. Top three says, Almo Rowe. Top two for Gregory. Top three says, Kevin Knight. AFC and and NFC? Yes, Lumen. AFC and NFC. Top ones, Rudy Garza. That's kind of high. I will say that. I'm not sure if I would make them my Super Bowl favorite or anything like that. I'm going to go with top four. I'm going to go with top four and I'm going to tell you who are my other teams. No, actually, I was between top four and top five. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with top five because as you guys say in the chat and I will give you that there is still a lot to prove but the Cowboys are legit Super Bowl contenders and I would put them in the top 2 of the NFC. However, if we do include the other conference, I would put the three teams that in my opinion are the scariest in the AFC at this moment. The Chiefs and the Bills, that's obvious, but also we need to include the Bengals in that conversation now. I've covered the Bengals very closely this season. I've been frustrated with them, with how they struggled to find answers early in the season versus two high defenses, how they struggled in pass protection, even though they had better players. But now they're clicking. And Joe Burrow trusts his protection. They can pick you apart underneath. They can go deep as well. Uh they're they're they might be not the best, but the scariest team in the NFL. I really believe that about the Bengals. Had an article about it on ADZ Sports. If you guys want to check it out over at adc slash Cincinnati, <laughs> but I'm going to go top five. I'm going to put those three in there and I'm going to put the Cowboys and the Eagles for the NFC. I'm going to go with top five contenders in the NFL. I don't think that's bold at all. I think you could even make the argument that they are top four. If you want to leave out maybe, maybe the Bengals. I wouldn't leave out the Chiefs and, and the Bills though. Even though the Chiefs just lost to the Bills. I understand that, but I still would be more afraid to play Kansas City than I would be afraid to play Cincinnati in in the playoffs. Let's see here. Glenn says Bengals are tough, yes, but they're Super Bowl to win it all, says Rudy Garza. Love the content and what you do, Mo says Juan Gonzalez. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Juan. Mr. Will Toxic says, Mo, didn't you see? Didn't you say we were legit contenders this time last year? If you actually go back and you watch those primetime shows for December last season, I didn't put the Cowboys in the upper echelon of the NFC. I said that they were contenders. You know, you're getting to the playoffs. You have a good team. You've had a top-tier defense for the second half of the season. You have a top-tier offense for the first half of the season. If those two blend together, then suddenly you are a tough team to beat. But I did separate it into tiers, and I had the Bucks the Packers and the Rams above the Cowboys I did they didn't have the Cowboys as a top two team in the NFC and I I've never in my time covering the Dallas Cowboys since 2017 pro, uh, professionally at least I I've never said that the Cowboys you know might win the Super Bowl like as my Super Bowl prediction and not even not even win it, but but to represent the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl, I might be willing to make that prediction a few weeks from now. I'm not doing it yet. I don't have a Super Bowl prediction at all. But if you ask me, uh, what's your Super Bowl prediction? And I would be inclined to consider the Cowboys, whereas I don't think that I have ever said that since 2017. Not that I did say it in 2017, but that's when I started writing about the Cowboys as, you know, a, a more dedicated thing okay top creases rudy garza i like to say cowboys Bills super bowl digs battle says michael clark and also you know a, a battle with a lot of history right that would be awesome cowboys bills can you imagine the memes against the buffalo leading up to the super bowl and then I, I cannot guarantee you what the memes would be afterwards that would be a tough game the afc teams are tough those top three they're tough and also you know what Lumen, uh, not because you're here, but the Titans, the the Titans, I know, they're not scary, but they're well coached, and I think that's a tough matchup moving forward here a little bit. uh, The Titans will be a tough team to beat in Week 17, especially if you beat the Eagles and then you kind of, you know, dive into somewhat of a letdown spot in which you go on the road, play in Tennessee. I'm, I'm scared about that game, low-key. The Titans are good. I know that the Eagles just stunt on them last weekend, but still. And if Bills get OBJ or Eagles, it's over, says Travis. Uh, I just hope that we know' over Eagles. Travis, I, you know, I, I don't know what to make out of the OBJ conversation now, because it looks like there is a legit concern that he won't be ready. Let's see what happens here over the next few days. Let's see where he lands. But I will agree that if OVJ lands with the Bills or if they land with the Eagles or whoever, to be honest, and then he ends up making an impact in the postseason, it would be it would be hard to endure that. Let's hope that that does not happen. Anyways, moving on a little bit here on the show, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And a little bit of context on this one. Tyron Smith has been activated his practice window to be precise. That means that he has 21 days to practice for the Dallas Cowboys before being activated. Mike McCarthy said in a press conference that it's probably a long shot for Tyron Smith to play against the Houston Texans this Sunday. And if we just go by what has happened this season it seems like the Cowboys are usually taking their time once they activate a player's practice window before getting them ready for a game day. So I wouldn't count on Tyron Smith being ready for this Sunday, but he's already practicing. And that means, and, and, and you know, you look at the context, you see Tyler Smith rotating at left guard, you kind of start to understand what the Cowboys are aiming for. And, you could see Tyrant Smith playing for the Cowboys in December, right back at left tackle with Jason Peters making a move at left guard. I think that two things are clear. The Cowboys are, are playing Tyrant Smith, they are lining him up, and I can guarantee you that Tyler Smith won't be benched by Connor McGovern. So that will be the combination 77 and 73 on the left side. And the Freeman Mazda stat of the week looks into how impactful that can be and what it could represent for the Dallas Cowboys. My question from me to you as we move into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week is, will Tyron Smith returning to the team be a big or small difference? With that said, let's jump into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. (music) Ladies and gentlemen, Freeman Mazda stat of the week, pro football focus tracks the percentage of Dropbacks in which an offensive lineman or even the quarterback is responsible for pressure. So, among the pressures that a quarterback takes or or undergoes, how many of those pressures are your responsibility? And I think it's very interesting that PFF has left tackle for the Cowboys at 24%. That would be highest in the team. That was not the case early in the year because early in the season, the most pressured position along the offensive line was left guard, was Connor McGovern. And that was and that even increased a little bit more when Matt Farniak had to rotate in, and even when Jason Peters saw some looks at left guard. But that has changed. 24% is a left tackle responsibility for the pressures that the Cowboys have accepted when Dak Prescott is the quarterback. Let's make that very clear. This is not including what Cooper Rush went through when he was backing up Dak Prescott. This is for Dak Prescott. Now, the following slide might provide a little bit more context because that's 24%. That is the allowed pressure percentage of responsibility for each of the offensive line positions. And you can see that that is the highest responsibility in, across the entire offensive line. That means, in other words, to not make it uh, maybe sound as confusing or as complicated, that means that most of the pressures that Dak Prescott is seeing are the responsibility of the left tackle, whether that is Tyler Smith, who that obviously the most part would be Tyler, or whether that's Jason Peters, the snaps that he's rotated in recently for the Cowboys. As good as Tyler Smith has been, as exceeding as much as he has exceeded expectations as a rookie, Tyler Smith is allowing some pressures on the edge, and more specifically, I think that teams are trying to tee off off on him. They're trying to isolate him and make him block one on one. They're trying to make him face some of this true pass sets, and some people have made some, uh, Brandon Thorne, who is perhaps the best offensive line evaluator on Twitter, has talked about Tyler Smith relying on on holding edge rushers to get away with, with some of these looks. I think that Tyron coming back would be a huge difference, and I think that the Freeman Mazda stat of the week really represents that. So once more, the question from me to you, will Tyron Smith returning to the team be a big or small difference? While you give me your answers, and before I give you mine, and I kind of already did, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because they're bringing you this stat. And the ride of the week, which is the Mazda CX-Line Touring All-Wheel Drive, which starts at $40,495. It's got all-wheel drive, third-row sitting, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is an insane game-changer, sunroof, side impact airbags for your safety, and a miles per gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. Make sure that you check out the ride of the week over at freemanmazda.net a family-owned business for over 65 years remember when you choose freeman mazda you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer so check it out once more over at freemanmazda.net bringing you the stat of the week let's see some of your comments here some of your replies to the question big says bruce michael goes with huge difference Small for now, says miserable, toxic. He says, I don't trust his health. Huge difference, says Gregory. Big if he can stay healthy, says Russell. That is that is a very, very valid question. You know, the health always an issue with Tyron. Uh, big for Rudy. Small for Lumen. Big for Kevin Knight. No, says... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. <clears throat> big, says Asmodeus. Small, says Lumen. There you go. There you go. More or less most people are going with big, though. I think that, you know, Tyron is still it. Tyron is still him. He is a future Hall of Famer. I think that if he's healthy, he can play at that level still. And I think that the... Remember that it's not only about Tyron replacing Tyler. It's about the left side of your offensive line consisting of a Tyron and Tyler instead of Tyler and Connor. And I think that's a huge difference as well. Even if McGovern has honestly exceeded my expectations for this season, they were low, but he has exceeded them for sure. Way less holding uh, calls on the Cowboys though at left guard, even if they're still one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. So if you're looking for, you know, some props to the Cowboys front office, maybe the Connor Williams move ended up being a little bit more helpful than I would have thought personally because I I thought that uh, Connor Williams did not have it uh, did not have a very fair public view of him because I think that he was good or at least decent. Mr. Will Toxic says, Mo, hypothetically, if we get Tyron back next week, how many games do you think that he will last? I would honestly go with a full season because I know that he's been, I mean, full season meaning the rest of the season, whatever's left of it, and however deep the Cowboys can get into the playoffs. But if you look at his career, and I know that over the past few years, it's been... It's been uh, hard, and he has played very few games. It's not like injuries behave that way most of the time. So I think that probabilities would probably be in your favor of not suffering a re-injury, if that makes sense. That would be my bet, personally. Shout out to Cowboys Nation. Thank you for uh, dropping your comment here in the chat saying Saludos y bendiciones de Mauricio Puro Chihuahua Lepe. There you go. In Spanish. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was it for tonight's episode of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I hope that you enjoyed it. I I always love bringing uh, up controversial topics, but not in the hot take kind of way. Just looking at the pros, the cons of things, arguments in favor against Cowboys Nation says, I want Bland on cornerback instead of Anthony Brown. In my opinion, he's earning his spot on the 53 roster. Well, you're getting it. Uh, you're getting it because Anthony Brown is out for the season. Deron Bland will play. I don't know if it will be on the outside or on the inside, but he will play. Hey, Toxic Tom, thank you for your comment. He says, congrats on keeping Aaron Judge, Mo." yesterday i was low-key devastated because of that tweet that that they fired out saying that judge was heading to san francisco but the guy's staying with the yankees so i'm excited about that uh thank you for joining the show before you leave do me a favor though hit the thumbs up every like puts this show in front of more cowboys fans takes about one second, and you really helped me out with that like, so make sure that you hit it. And if you're watching on Facebook, make sure that you share the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you tomorrow. Cowboys bet of the week. We're 10-2. and We took an L last uh, Sunday, took the under. The Cowboys scored 54 points, so that went to waste. Uh, Let's see what we bet tomorrow night when the Cowboys have – The largest betting spread since 2019 in the NFL. Holy cow. See you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Primetime brought to you by FreemanMazda.net. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Adiós. Bye-bye.